Ready? Born ready. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, wow, wow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Cool and Conscious. Um, with me as your host, of course, Questions with Cree. That's Questions with Q-R-I. And of course, the reason why, you know, we're all here, uh, which is a Black-owned, Black-run company. Shout out to Just Eldridge Media. Just Eldridge Media. Um... But I'm really excited. Um, and before I tell you why I'm so excited, I want to go ahead and let you know how I'm feeling today because I'm feeling how I'm feeling. Today, after like a long time coming, I am feeling cool. Oh. Woo! <laughs> um, super exciting. So yes, I do feel extremely cool. Um, why? Because I had the opportunity to host a a short film premiere earlier this week. Um, it's called Mind Fucked, and it was produced. <coughs> yes, it's called Mind Fucked, and it is about the morning after one night stand. Um, and it's an inner dialogue film, so the actors are completely silent, and you only hear their thoughts. <laughs> Hey man, shout out to the directors that try to figure out the low budget way to get this story across. But I know they shot it probably dope. Honestly, black and white. No, oh, it oh. wasn't low budget at all, honey. It was, it was funded by black men. It was created by a black men. What's, um, what's the name of that guy? His name is Jeff. He has his own studio. Um, I'm not sure. I I he saw has his on Fox Five earlier. He has his own like. He said it's some film stuff, something. If you're in film and I said it, you would know. But he said mm. he he's he has the only something something company in Atlanta with something something something. I don't think he was on Fox Five because I feel like he would have posted that. I ain't see him. <laughs> I ain't see. I'm saying I ain't see him post that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, but it was a great turnout. Um, his name is Jeffrey Jackson. Um, and he's like a a producer. A video producer and videographer, child, he do some everything just regarding like film, and it was really nice. Um, the turnout was great. It was a packed house, um, and I got to host it and experience it, and just be in the midst of what I know is going to be greatness. Um, and so that it was very heartwarming just because I haven't been on stage in front of people in a in a while so to do that I was like oh my gosh like I'm really good at this <laughs> I was like I know it's not about me but wow I I'm literally like hosting this it, it was really great it was it was like a full circle moment because the job that I have now I'm in front of people one-on-one um and I'm not really in front of people in like a crowd form and so it's just like wow this was a full circle moment for me along with a lot of other people in the audience who got to witness someone like 
going after their dreams. Um, so it was really, really great. Shout out to him. Um, and I also want to give shout out to um, Lotto. Big Lotto, Moo Lotto. I know she doesn't go by that anymore, but I really want to give shout out to her because y'all, it takes so much to speak up for what you believe in. And that's why so many people shy away from doing it or neglect to do it or don't want anything to do with it. And artists nowadays are not for whatever the fuck reason, they are not speaking up for what's truly going on directly. Yeah. You got little baby's bigger picture, but that was not, that was a real indirect message. You know what I'm saying? Like it's bigger than black and white, but it's like, we know that. <laughs> like, shouts out to you, Dominique, for that contribution. But we know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need people that are going to be heavy hitters pointing the finger. And she dropped a new song called Pussy. And I feel like it is the perfect. <laughs> yes, it's called Pussy. And it is in regards to the abortion bills and the, the abortion rights and all that. Roe versus Wade turnover. Um, but just... Listening to the song gave me chills, not because of like the things that she was saying so much. Yeah, it's, it's, she goes in deep. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but I got goosebumps from her audacity. Because it's just like so often nowadays in society, we don't have people. Yes, it's a few samples in there, though. It's, it's definitely upgrade you. I mean, I feel like no crumbs were left. <laughs> I feel like no crumbs were left. <laughs> you know, it's always a little funny when uh, the artists, you know, try to be political and stuff. But then it's like you were sexist in your last statement. But hey, she's still growing. But she's still growing. But, but I, I like it. I, I like say it. that. But I like it. I like the the audacity. I like Lotto because Lotto can rap, so I yeah. can tell that she like. Wrote this shit and see. She took some time. I don't know what Carisha and over there, over there. I know a little Yachty writing this shit. So like, <laughs> I, I respect people who write their own raps. Period. Yeah. And she still like this. Remind me of that little girl Lotto that we yeah. saw with Jermaine Dupri that yeah. just wanted to rap. You know that what I'm just saying? was like yeah. I got bars. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope. It's dope. And I I I just appreciate it no matter what because artists nowadays 
are not tackling tough topics. They're doing fucking TikToks, trying to stay relevant. And so for you to believe in yourself enough to be like, you know what? I'm about to tackle this. I'm about to say something. That is like unheard of. You get what I'm saying? To leverage your platform to speak about things that, like you just said, like I find it funny when it's always whatever you said, when artists try to be political because it's there's that stigma that artists can't be political or athletes can't be political. Or if you're an entertainer, there's no way that you could possibly have an opinion on your rights and what's going on in the political realm. And it's just like, no, these laws affect me too. They affect my fans. They affect the people that support me. They affect the people that are surrounding me, managing my life day to day. And just her even doing that and having the audacity, I want to snaps and claps to her. If you haven't listened to the song, I would encourage you to listen to the song um, just so you can. I know everyone advocates differently, but me putting my cool hat on, I I really feel like you need someone when it comes to people that you are influenced by, when it comes to people that you pay attention to or support actively, make sure that they are being deliberate and intentional and audacious when they are speaking up for you. Because some people are just real indirect and the message can get lost in translation. And it's just like, we don't, that's not what we need. We need somebody that's going to go, go out with the horns. Okay. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. And that's that's what I feel like she gave. And I, I appreciate it. Um, now, <laughs> Keith mentioned something about Jay-Z and Kevin Hart. Um, they did like an interview earlier this week. I think it came out last week. Oh, last Kevin, week. Okay. Hart, but they dropped, you know, the first episode, they always give it to you for free on YouTube. Right. So. Okay, That's so a little was. a little snippet pivot of it came out on, on the tube. Uh, went tubing and ran across it or floated by it. And I personally saw a little clip of it from social media. So I have yet to watch the entire thing. But the clip was talking about like going back home for solace and getting in that time being interrupted by people coming up to you with business plans or people coming up to you asking you for money or asking you for this or asking you for that. And it's like, you came home as Sean Carter, but everybody talking to you like you Jay-Z. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you handle that? How do you balance that? From that space. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you'll have people that where you come from, if you behave in a certain manner, that ain't, it's not accustomed to where they are, right? Some people haven't evolved past 16. They still stuck in that place, but you evolving every year. Mm -hmm. So that may be a threat to them, subconsciously or consciously. Make Kev acting funny, because blah, blah, blah. You have to navigate that. Mm -hmm. You have cousins. You got to go home for Thanksgiving, and people are talking to you like Kevin Hart. And you going home for solace. You want family. You're going home for peace of mind. You're going home for peace of mind. And they don't give you that your because cousins, you're not, you're not Your cousins that. in your grandma's living room saying, yo, man, I got this, uh, I got this play. I want to, if you just give me, you know what I mean? <laughs> 4,800, I could make you 2 million. You're yeah. like, it don't work like yeah. that, man. You got to explain to him, like, life isn't like that. And money isn't free, and it, no one's given our opportunities. If it sounds too good to be true, it's really, and then he like, oh, you don't believe in my dreams. Where, so, where did that? You damn right. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. 
Um, yeah, I feel like there is an immense mince and I feel like there is an immense misconception on people not believing in our dreams because they do not support us financially or because they do not repost us or because they don't do anything regarding our dreams. Um, but I think we, we really have to remember that the dream is ours. <laughs> like it's literally nobody else's, it's nobody else's responsibility. And if you continue to place your dreams in the hands of other people, hoping and wishing and praying and begging and pleading that they're going to just magically make it happen. It's, it's literally never going to happen. Literally. Um, and it's crazy that you, that this was the interview because when I was growing up, I, at some points I was sad that I was like the only child and like, I was, I wouldn't say estranged from my family, but I was like that one cousin that wasn't with the Mishagosh. You know what I'm saying? Like the family functions, I would go too late, leave early. Like, cause I already knew there was going to be some shit to pop off. I already knew, you know, you know your family. So it's like, I'm here, but I'm not here. Oh, I'm at work. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like I was always that cousin. And I knew I was like, I think it's a blessing in disguise because when I get to where I'm going, I'm not going to have that burden of cousins coming up to me because we never had that relationship to begin with. You know what I'm saying? But long and behold, one of my little cousins texted me earlier this week. She got to be like 15. No, she got probably like 16, 17. But the last time I spoke to her was October of last year. So <laughs> imagine my surprise where she's like, hey, Credis and so-and-so. And I'm like, who? Literally, I'm like, who? Damn. That's how long it's been <laughs> to this little girl. Like, And she's like, um, can you send me some money? <clears throat> and I knew that that's where the conversation was going. But I just wanted to see if she was going to ask it. And after she asked it, I just, she asked it. And then she said, but if you can't, it's okay. And I just, there were so many things that I, I, I found wrong in that. One, because I haven't spoken to you since October. She was like, you remember when you told me if I need anything um, that I could reach out to you? Um, and I'm like, so you've had my number since October and you've just now reaching out to me in July? And you've had my number since October. Not even text me to say, hey, this is so-and-so, save my number. You've had my number since October and you are just now reaching out. That's a problem for me, one. And two, it's a problem for me because you didn't ask how I was doing, how my day was. Like, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no, like, sugar. There was no sweet. There was no whipped cream, no cherries on. There was nothing. It was just, hey, um, you remember that time that you said if I needed something? Like, like when I say I was just in disbelief because I was just like, I've never even presented myself in the family to be the resource. Never, ever, ever in life have I ever done that. So I'm I don't even cook at family at family functions. I bring the water and the drinks. That's what I that's my job. 
as little as possible because I don't want to stay long. So <laughs> just I, when I say I was just like, wow, I don't I don't know how to react to this because I genuinely did not prepare for a conversation like this. I, ne- I didn't prepare for it. Um, and so just to hear that conversation just between Kevin Hart and Jay-Z, it's like, wow. Um, whoo, it don't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But that's neither here nor there. I did feel kind of bad. And I said I was going to send her the money. But I also am just like, I don't really know. I have no idea what to do in this situation. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my guilt is like, Cree, just give her the money. Yeah, but then I'm just she's like, 15, so you got to give her the money because it's a lesson right, in right. how to be with cousins. Like, because I got younger cousins that, like, I don't talk to the whole year. But when school time come and they need help with that math work and it's 9 yeah. o'clock at night, hey, cousin Kiva, can you mm, help me? Yeah. And, and, and mind you, that's also because their mother, which is my, my first cousin, is also calling, but I have a relationship with them. Yeah. But like I tell my little cousins, hey, y'all can call and, you know, check up on me and check up on your other cousins and stuff. That This is how you do. Mm. So now they do way better. They come in town. They call. Yeah. And that's why I was like, this could be a learning yeah, lesson. It's, it's definitely And I can lesson. actually just have a, instead of sending it to her, because she said she needed it on a, that day. And so I'm like, well, the day is past, but I'm still going to send it to you and have a conversation with you. So next time, because I know there's going to be a next time. It, once I open this door, there's going to be a next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need for you to know how to approach the situation. Well, that and then like next time, hopefully, you know, maybe you can give her some tools on how yeah. she can make some money and, then, yeah. you know, come up because like. Going home, talk to my one of my little cousins. He's like seventeen and takes dope ass for, uh, pictures with yeah. his camera now. I'm like, hey, you come to Atlanta next summer. I know with some people that would pay you to take some pictures. Yeah, put them in the game, you know. But it's just little cousin shit. So you, you the big cousin, Cree. right? You gotta and, help out. And I'm that's why I'm just like. And and I heard you had that uh, Tesla cousin, Cree. So I know you got it. And and that's literally what she said. She was like, I know you're the rich cousin. So and I was like. There's like 30 of us. You couldn't ask any other cousin. Like, nah, I want the cousin like, who has her house and a Tesla. Like, I was literally just like, oh my gosh, am I about to open a door that I had already closed when I was younger? Because I no, had no, closed you- that, I had closed that door when I was younger. I was like, I'm thankful when I get older, I'm not going to have this problem. Ain't no cousins going to be reaching out to me. It's the little cousins. Right, I'm like, it's the little cousins. That's like, bitch, we don't give a fuck about that family drama. Can you get some money? That's my mama (laughs) then. I'm cool. Right. Come on, cuz. Fuck with me. And that's another reason why I felt bad. Because I'm like, just because you don't like her mama don't mean. You know what I mean? Just because you don't like her mama don't mean that, you know. <laughs> but see, that's why I didn't like what Jay-Z said. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, maybe because of how my family is. Yeah. Like, we come from a very helpful, hell, these are your kids, but I'll buy them their shoes for the school year this yeah. year type of family. So it's like, it's hard for me to hear somebody who's worth a quote-unquote billion, billion dollars, saying yeah. that 4800 is is too much to even indulge in your cousin like he 
and maybe he was just trying to speak in hyperbole, but like the number that he said was so astronomically low. Yeah. In the grand scheme of a billion. And then I listened to the whole interview. So the next breath you talk about giving people opportunities. Well, damn, why you keep your cousin at 4,800 real quick? But I mean, I feel like we're also talking about Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay Z's not a fucking philanthropist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anybody, he's, a drug, he's a drug dealer, right? Like I'm like Jay Z. It started out as being about the money, yeah. like that's what. Now, if we was talking about Angelina Jolie, it's like damn, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. we talking about Jay Z. So I personally, while he has these accolades that are like amazing, mm-hmm. he also is still a nigga. He also yeah. is still about his money. Yeah. And he also don't give a fuck about nobody yeah. else. Uh, unless it's him, his family. That's it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like his immediate family. So it's like, oh no, nah, nigga, you mm, hold on. I get it. I mean, I, I, I see how they move over there. Right. You know so it's, it's just, just like uh, I don't have while well, I have high expect it's like Donald Trump. I have expectations of Donald Trump to be Donald Trump. I don't have expectations of Donald Trump to be this empathetic guy that's doing, you know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. have that. And it's the same with Jay-Z. I'm going to expect Jay-Z to be Jay-Z at all times, whether he with his family or not. Yeah, you may go home for solace, but just how you said they coming up to you like you Jay-Z, you also acting like you Jay-Z. So what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Because that's my thing. And maybe, you know, you just... You know, as a black person, sometimes you just see when black people, and I think black people, we have a bad habit of maybe counting other, other people's, people's money. Oh yeah, or even definitely because of how the media portrays success, they make it seem like oh well, this is the first black person to do that. So as a black person, you know, it's a shared success thing. Eh, it's really not. That's it's a good thing that they brought that barrier, but that's their success, right? And a lot that's success. a that's a great point. Yeah. A lot of us think, oh, because they did it, we did it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, so give me the discount. Oh, so we like we, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a we, end, it's a we success. But but then on the other end, those same celebrities will get up and win an award and say, We did it, y'all. Yeah. I'm doing this for my people. So, so it's, it's a lot like, of confusion because I ain't never heard Elon Musk get up and say, Thank you to my community. We did it. Yeah. Never. I never heard no yeah. white person yeah, say that. And then, <laughs> and then when I do hear other quote unquote minorities do it, they kind of put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I think that's the underlying trope with black people and black successful people is like but are you really putting your money where your mouth is? Like, the or is Asians it just your mouth? It, Jewish people do, it, even Hispanics do it. But black people, it's like very symbolic. You it's know very um, it's metaphorical. They, yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> like, very. Like, it's it's not. It's rare that they actually like. I, I like what LeBron is doing. LeBron is probably the most tangible phil- mm. philanthropist. Change the game, change his trajectory, change his friends' lives. Like it's correct when I say he he reminds me of Adam Sandler. Yeah. If y'all don't know who Adam Sandler yeah, is, yeah. he's an actor. And when I say every movie that Adam Sandler has been in, he made sure his friends were in that movie. He made sure his well, friends was in that movie. Like speaking of which, you said you wanted to see it. That new movie, Nope. 
That's kind of like what Jordan Peele and Daniel Kalula, whatever it's oh. That's kind of what they got going on. Like, right, look, right. Whatever we do, we're going to do it together. Because I'm saying, he been in every movie. Well, he said it. They asked him, like, you know, what's the difference? And they were like, look, when me and Jordan shot the first movie, Get Out, budget was extremely low. And we shot that shit in 23 days. They shot Get Out in, in a In 23 days? Wow. 23 days. Shot it in a month. And the budget was small. And, but... The payout was so big and the equity was so big, it helped them out in the long run. So they're wow. like, what's different this time? They said, man, the budget, Universal Studios gave them like a blockbuster budget. Like wow. it took them months to record it. They wow. shot this shit with IMAX cameras. Like it's a real, like it's a it's a real blockbuster, wow. summer blockbuster movie. That really with the makes, black lens. With the black lens. That makes you know? Man, and Kiki Palmer getting the shine. Like I'm, I could. Kinda, I'm getting. Kinda, kinda I'm excited. getting chills right now. Yeah, yeah, One because I, I didn't. I didn't know that. And two because to know that Get Out was shot in 23 days, yeah. and it that movie was huge. So, and it makes you think, like, damn, what do I do in 23 days? Like. like <laughs> what do I do? In and honestly, days? y'all, that is. I was talking to one of my coworkers. Um, and it is so important what you think of yourself. It is so important the energy you put into this world because they shot a record-breaking movie in 23 days. That literally goes to show you that you have everything that you need. You literally do. You have everything that you need. Like Even when you don't have anything, that's, that's everything that you need. And you are not going to get to a place where you can get more until you use the tools that you already have. Like, you they shot get out in 23 days. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and it's like like he Kalula Kalulu was named Kalula Daniel Kalula. He's not even I saw yeah, article. He's, he's not going back to Black Panther. Because it is because man. it interfered with the with the scheduling. Yeah. But why I mean that yeah, it might be Marvel, but this is Universal. It's so big that Universal so you know Universal Studios how like after a movie they keep the set and it's part of right, the right, tour. Right. They've already kept the set for this movie wow. to be part of the tour. They've already kept it. So it's gonna be part of the tour. Like coming up. But just imagine Studios. being to a point where you have the opportunity to star in two major films mm-hmm. and you turn down the opportunity to be in a superhero film. Yeah. And you're black. Yeah. That is mind blowing. Hey, but That's mind blowing to me. I think that equity speaks a lot too though. When you own your picture and you're going to get a bigger piece in this Universal Studios and it's a and they said something too that I like. It's an original film. Right original blockbuster film and so many films are sequels part twos mm-hmm. or like daniel like when he was on the being comic book big and it's like when can we get an original movie like i'm not trying to see a sequel of this or right because i didn't see avengers or, endgame the game didn't end it four times i mean i didn't i didn't see, I didn't see spider-man the, i didn't see the hulk i didn't see i'm synced that out Okay. That, I'm tired Thor. of turning uh, video games in the movies. I'm, when I say it, yeah. it is, there's nothing original nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's always, oh, let's recreate this. Let's recreate that. I knew let's it was bad this. when um I heard Best Man is getting a TV series. I saw that. 
on Peacock. I saw I'm that. I'm like, damn, we can like, get bro, nothing bro, let it rest. If they remake Love and Basketball, I'm going to scream. Shout out to the original, though. There's a new show called um, Everything is Trash. I don't know if you've seen the commercials uh-uh. on Freeform. Um, we, I've seen two episodes. It's, it's a black the black girl from uh, Two Dope Queens. She's a podcaster. Oh, okay. I do remember the, that. And the show is about a podcaster, right? Wow. And her life. And it's a black girl it's told through a black lens it gives me insecure vibes a little bit okay a little bit but uh it's an original i say that because it's an original yeah. show it's not yeah. a remake a of remake because i'm like, like I-, I still have yet to see fresh parents or, or yeah i didn't even fresh bel-air or something because yeah, i'm like i think you told me one of them is a drug dealer one of the girl yeah. hillary yeah, is, yeah, like, is married to somebody or something, something and i'm like yeah carlton doing snorting lines right i'm like y'all like are that. Y'all have interfered with the integrity of the show. And then he used to date Lisa, and now we're dating Lisa. I'm like, hold on, now don't do it like, like that. It's like, like that made it messy for no reason. For no reason, and it just pisses me off because it's like the Fresh Prince was a fresh perspective mm-hmm. of what it is living a black life. What like what it meant to like go through so many different changes and, and live in a black family and get picked on by your cousin. And, and you got this bougie ass cousin that just don't know that she black for real. And mm-hmm. like, those are real black stories that are so often so not told or so yeah. often not told. And then you take that story and then you fucking change it into this fucking power book series 13. Like, <laughs> Stop! <laughs> like, Man, it's, it's, damn! It's, it's I'm sick bad. of hearing about drugs. I'm so sick of hearing about the stereotypical black story. And I'm I so like, tired of it. And I feel like we're back in that. Um, I don't know. I, I had to do more research because it's feeling, it's feeling less black on TV again. Like, yeah, I feel like all of our shows have just quietly died off, and even the shows that weren't like touted as black but yeah. was black like this is us mm-hmm. like that's even gone it's like man what are the shows Jesus and Meryl broke up I don't know if you know who Mo- they are I don't but yeah. I'm saying you're absolutely right most of like the the fun black shows are gone it's all about drugs and violence yeah. that's it yeah. cause uh, BMF and Power got us in the chokehold and and I haven't seen um like chokehold I don't know what's the news on those shows. Like when they could, well, P Valley out. P, BMF people, people just wrapped. P Valley, I'm sick of it. You tired of P Valley already? I thought you was in P Valley this season. What's up? I was an extra, but I left to set early because first of all, Damn. you not paying me a hundred dollars a day, and I'm, I've been here too fucking long. I'm ready to go. An hour is too long, y'all. I'm just letting y'all know. Chris raised a hundred dollars no, an hour. No, literally, bro. <laughs> I was there from like. I think 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Oh, that's, that's way too long right there. For, I think it was literally, I want to say $100. I was like, I don't want to be extra that bad. So it started raining. And they were oh, like, all right, man. guys, we're going to come back to set in 30 minutes. I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. So at like 12, 11.45, I was like, I, I got to go. I've literally been here all day. Yeah, I had to be out because, uh, I mean... I, I know the storyline and stuff, so it gets crazy. But man, like the scenes, I mean, they're showing you dick damn near every episode. Yeah, I no, and I'm. I was about to say, I'm. I'm truly <laughs> like I'm over the naked women. I'm over the naked men because, forgive me, but I just am tired of seeing us be portrayed that way. 
and then wonder why people, other races look at us like, oh, look at those monkeys. Oh, look at those crazy people. Oh, let me stay away. You wonder why. And it's not like, not saying we can't express our creativity because I don't want people thinking, oh, but that is not all that that there is to the culture, bro. Shaking ass and throwing up the bird, the middle finger in every picture. Well, you know, that shit is disgusting because your ancestors used to shake ass. You know, that's what they. But I'm not, (laughs) and I get that. I absolutely get. I'm down for the party. I'm down for the turn up. But at some point, some of that energy we put into turn up and doing all this extra shit, at some point, we got to put some of that energy into truly preserving our communities and, and, and making it so we cannot be copied because all these white rappers showing up. Now, Eminem, he was a white lyricist, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Eminem was not trying to be Dr. Dre. He wasn't trying to be Tupac. He wasn't trying to talk about the shit that Biggie was talking about. He literally was talking about his white life. Oh yeah, for sure. He wasn't trying to appropriate appropriate culture. He was literally talking about his white life, and that's why I appreciated him, and that's why I love Eminem to this day. I know so many of his songs, but at the end of the day, you have white rappers nowadays that are literally. Just copying what the black rappers do. Oh yeah, for sure. I and mean, it's like who, no reverence who's gatekeeping? Nobody's gatekeeping, and we're too busy turning up that we're not even seeing it. We're not even seeing it, and then when we see it, we encourage it. Like, why the fuck would you let this person on your song? I don't care how many followers they have; they should not have a feature on your song. Or you shouldn't be coming out performing with them. You should like, no, bro. Show. Set some fucking precedence. Have some out? fucking standards. No, we're not bringing no, no. You don't get to come out. Get your own show. You don't get to leverage my culture. You don't get to leverage and exploit who I am because you got a certain million followers. I don't give a fuck. No. And so that's why it's just beginning to get annoying because I'm like, I'm so tired of it. There's some, some rapper girl who I posted on my story. Apparently she's from Atlanta, quote unquote. She's a white rapper. Her name is, let me find it, honey, because it had just ticked me off. A white rapper? Yes. Who, not, um. <laughs> no, it's a girl. Mariah Lynn. Who's Mariah Lynn? From Love and Hip Hop. What's this kind of time not long ago? I don't know. Who's a hoe? I don't know who that is either. That sounds nasty. That sounds crazy, like craziness. Issa Rae new show come out today too. The rap shit. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. Um, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Oh, okay. Her name is Big Rain. Big Rain. Big Rain. I'm about to play it in the mic, y'all. Big Rain. Big Rain. Yes. Yes, y'all. It's it's not a she had the not not Atlanta. Yes. I'm about to play it. I'm a light skin girl. It's big rain. A real six, baby. I be all through the eight, but a six raised me. And she says she from here, but never been to the block, never been to the three, then that bitch faking. Jumped off the porch on the east side. Gotta get a strap on the city, no, I keep mine. Everybody slime, everybody wanna milk. It a fuck from out of town, everybody know the drill. I grew up with the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, cut with shit, and I dare hold try. Say she from Papa, tell people. Yeah. This girl is white. This girl is white as fuck. And she started the song off said, I'm a light-skinned girl. Bo! 
First of all, light-skinned people do not walk around saying, I'm light-skinned. That's first of all. I'm a light-skinned girl. No one says that. I've never, ever seen that in my life. And I'm a light-skinned girl. <laughs> I, I, see, I wish I could see the video. I want to see this girl. It's awful. I'm going to show it to you. It's awful because she has a music video. Look, she literally, this is a white girl. Is she not white? Is she not white? She might be light-skinned. No, 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 no. She's not. She might light, be like, uh, Light-skinned people do not walk around saying that they're light-skinned. I've never seen it in my life. Never seen it. And second of all, the DA, the district attorney, Fonnie Willis, she is going hard after the rappers in Atlanta. Okay. Oh, She's yeah. not playing. She said in the next 30 days are going to be two more big indictments. Two so more. hide your kids, hide your drugs, hide your guns. Okay. Because she's coming after them. But my thing is, what about this white girl? Because she says she's slime. She says she'd be over in the bluff. She says some real incriminating ass shit. So what are we going to do about her? Well, did she actually do anything? It's not about that. It's not about that. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna arrest people, I mean, hold on now, because they didn't get arrested for lyrics. They got arrested. They did. Their their lyrics were a contribution. Their lyrics were taken into account because the, one of the attorneys was reading their lyrics in court. No, no, no. You take it into account, but like, you know, that's like me saying something crazy on the podcast. And, and then, then doing, get arrested for it. No, no, then doing that same thing, allegedly, you maybe you caught me doing it. Maybe you heard about me doing it. It's some evidence that can lead me back to doing it. And I also mentioned the same exact act on the podcast. I can see that podcast clip being played in court and looking at the jury like, so y'all think this nigga did this shit or not? Yeah. Because he said he'll do it on the podcast. And we don't got a video of him doing it, but we got his glove. We but it happened. And I get that. I get that it's not the same thing. Because that's why people are saying free gunner and they're not yelling too much free thug. They're saying free YSL, but it's not Kim too much K, free thug. Kim K ain't pushing young thug to come out. She's pushing for gunner to leave. And I get that. But my thing is, Miss Fonnie, if we gonna hold people accountable, let's hold everybody accountable. And so if we're gonna take into account lyrics. This little white girl shouldn't feel comfortable saying the things that she's saying because no. you do have other artists that are like Gunna that was just saying it and still got arrested. So it's guilty by association. If we gonna really go after people and you have the mayor and now, you have other influential figures, she, if she says she's slime and they have a picture of her in the trap at any given time, any given time they get a picture of her in the trap. Yeah, bring her on in. Bring her ass on in. I don't even think they need a picture. And this is probably just me just nah, you really can, you, not liking it at all. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it's funny. We talked about this on uh, Just Elders podcast uh, two episodes ago because it's that little white boy that sounded like little baby out. I think I know who you're talking about. I saw him featured in somebody's song and I was like, bro, and little baby why? made a comment. Little baby was like, is he serious? But like I was saying on the pod, it's this age old, it's the same shit that happened with rock and roll, right? You niggas are too scary, too boisterous, getting too much money, influencing and our, y'all, our girls too much. And y'all are forgetting yeah, yeah, that it's people watching. You're not in place. but And you're not on will, code. What we will do, though, is 
We'll just copy your music. We'll do what Elvis Presley did. Right. You get what I'm saying? Elvis Presley came in hot and took every damn thing. Took, well, Van Halen, we'll take all your rock and roll, right? Sanitize it. Because, see, white people, they don't care who they're getting it from. As long as they get as it. As long as they get it. So they'll get it from a Jack Hart. If Drake is too controversial, if Little Baby is in thug of them doing too much gang shit, well, I'll get it from a Jack Harlow. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll get it from, what's that, Kid Leroy. I'll get it from all of them. And... I can sing along because they won't say nigga. Right. And I, so I don't have to feel subconscious. So even better, right. And even better. Exactly. Even better. So it's like, and I know half of the time what they're rapping about, they didn't do because they're from the suburbs. It's like Lil Dicky. Right. When Lil Dicky was out, used to rap. Like Asher Roth. It's a whole list of safe rappers that, because they're white, I think the most, the second coming, if you will say, like how Eminem was, was like Mac Miller. I will say Mac Miller was a mm. white boy. He used to rap. Was that was part of the culture? I feel like Machine weird. Gun Kelly tried. Nah, because he went rock. He did the Post Malone. I was he, about to say he tried though. Like he started out trying to do yeah, the but that, Eminem, but he realized he did the Kid Rock. Like they're yeah. still white. They yeah. still they still gonna be white people. Yeah, get with this white girl. This white girl gonna remind you, nigga. Stop right. all that, nigga. Right. Let's, let's do some rock. Right. And, like, know. baby, let's, babe, let's. You ever thought about? Like, like, Joe, like, Joe <laughs> like this said, could make you money too. Like Joe Budden said, uh, them, them Kardashians, Kim is white again. So they, they white people know how to get you white again. But like, yeah, I agree. Like all that stuff, especially with white artists, is this it's a safety precaution. But that they're not gonna uh, indict that. Uh, yeah, I know they're not gonna find these button. I'm just they trying to figure out what other two what other two rappers they got because I heard one of them might be Lil Dirt. Cause I didn't know he lived in Atlanta. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. Like they say, he lives right there in South Fulton. Oh yeah, I had no idea. No idea. Like, no but it's a lot of idea. I found out there's a lot of people that live in Atlanta that I did not know. Like, I watch a lot of like YouTubers and shit. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Yeah, this person lives in Atlanta." Like on this side, I'm like, "Yeah, I could see Sandy Springs. I could see yeah. Roswell Hill, even South Fulton, like you know, deep Camp Creek, with yeah. the big houses. Hell yeah, I could see that, especially." If you're doing music and you want to get away from your city, yeah, this quote unquote to feel safer, yeah, in, in the that city. is very but true. I'm saying wonder, there are a lot of places to hide in Atlanta. I do wonder though, and the other part that really irks me is why is she not going for any of the other gangs? Like there are more than just rap, quote unquote. Like we do know them boys be on some crazy shit, cool. But we also know there's some Hispanics bringing in dope. There's some Asians selling pussy at these uh, massage it's houses. Because I'm like, like the guy shot up massage right. houses because of the sex. But I'm saying it's not because it's it's not political. It's personal. See, I see. I beg to differ. I beg. Like, I think it's political. I think that it it looks good for her. I, see, people don't realize what's about to happen in Atlanta. And Derek said it to you. And ever since Derek said it, I've been yeah. like doing more and more research. Atlanta's about to be white. Oh yeah, no, they're not playing Atlanta, with these Atlanta, they, people. They, they are, this is the last like push of the a last cleaner. hurrah. Yeah, like we better clean last this shit hurrah. up. We better clean this shit up. And, and and they're going to make an example out of YSL. They're absolutely going to make an example out of. Well, no, nah, I think when these other two rap, when they bring the the next two rappers in, that's going to make the example. All these young boys, and you know, the other side of it is everything is like. I, w- I want to know what Fonnie has up her sleeve as far as like political aspirations. Like, you think she want to be the mayor? 
you know what I'm saying, attorney general. Like these are these. I don't. These are I don't see her wanting cases. to be the mayor. I don't see her wanting to be the mayor because I feel like the the past two mayors we have had have mm. kind of made that position mediocre. Like yeah. that 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 position is now strictly just a form of puppetry. It seems like, like because uh, man, I, I, <laughs> like, I don't know what's up with Andre, but I feel like he's been quiet. Like I'm just like it's merely sit right here. We gonna pull the strings, but you better sit down. Like well, yeah, that's that's what that position holds now, mm-hmm. and it's merely just off of like publicity and and popularity. That's it, and to serve as a distraction from what's really going on. So I don't think funny. And, and just having met her in person and seeing how cutthroat she is straight to the book. She don't give a fuck what you got to say. She's going to do what she wants to do. She ain't trying to be mayor. Mm-hmm. Now, attorney general, yeah. she's she's going for some real heavy hitter shit. And she's using the rappers to, one, flex her power to the white people to show no, I go and get him. I'm tough on crime, blah, 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 blah. But t- and I hate that tough on crime. But it's like, you're not tough the cop, on crime. The cops go. Right. You're not tough on crime. You just are trying to climb that political ladder, just like you said. She's trying to get to a certain place, and she know the only way to get to that certain place is to go against your own. Because mm. what better way to prove yourself to, to, than to go against your own? That's the ultimate test right there. Like... Mm. <laughs> Are you gonna go against your own every single time? <laughs> like every single time. Cause when I had the meeting with her and I asked her, okay, what are you gonna do about the police? And I said, because I told her my story, I was like, a police literally assaulted me. What are you gonna do to ensure that that does not happen in the oh. future to my younger sister? And she looked at me in my face and said that she could not make me any promises and there was not anything that she could do to prevent that. I kid you not. I have that. I want. I think I have that conversation recorded. Yeah, I, will, I wish we had it to play because, see, that's the that's the other side. Literally, of it too. look me in my face, and I was like, "Damn!" It's like, when were we going to get these DAs to prosecute these police? Because he, she's doing this Trump now. She's doing the Trump probe too, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I know she's. She's aspiring for a higher political office because she's really pushing this Trump shit too. And it's like, bro, let that shit go. Ooh, Trump buddy. is not thinking about you. How you got all this energy about Trump, but no energy for Rashard Brooks? Exactly. No, it like nothing. Nothing. The Wendy's is gone. It ain't nothing even in that parking lot no more. So I'm like, Andre, what are you doing? Like, I truly want to know. Because last week you was taking pictures at Pittman Park. Like Darius said, the only thing Linda could do right now, the only thing we really could push for the biggest is for affordable housing. Um, really needs to be a push for young people like yourself to uh, get in the city council to kind of take over the next couple of years. Um, and then, like, black people just start coming together a little bit more, man. Like, I... T- listen... Okay, see, it is true. Because uh, I heard Fonnie Willis, uh, her dad was a Black Panther informant. Mm. Wait, what? Like, he infiltrated the Black Panther. No like, way. Yeah, like how um, 
old boy did uh, Fred right, Hampton. Right, right, right. They said he was one of those. And what's so funny is it's like, it makes sense. Well, if the apple don't even fall from the tree. And then, I don't know, do you remember, did you, did you see that movie? The, um, oh, yeah. Jude, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Black Judas Messiah. Yeah, you that? remember at the end where they had like a clip from the real guy mm-hmm. and how he was saying like. He regretted it. Well, Every single day in his life afterwards. Well, he, he, he regretted that part, but he also was saying, he also was talking shit too, though. Like, but you know, most people say they was down for the movement and I was actually in it. You know, I put in work. I did this. I did that, you know, for the Black Panthers. You know, I, I, I did give them up. I regret that part every day. But as far as doing the work, I was doing the work. The, no, you giving them up negates everything that you did. But, but you can't tell them niggas that. And I, and I said it to say, that's where it's that's trick, what Fonnie is thinking. Like I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Well, if you're infiltrating, you're not doing the work. You're not doing the fucking work. You're, you're literally work. going against the work. You cannot convince me otherwise. Please send me that article that yeah. her that her dad was a, a infiltrator of the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And so then when you have situation like that, it's like, what kind of hope can you have? <laughs> and see. This would go back. I don't, and I, it used to get on my nerves when people would call me a radical, or people would just call me a tyrant. But I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, I do not believe that you should go out and protest and say no justice, no peace, and still give people peace. I do not believe that. I don't believe you should say say their name until. No, no, no. I do believe that you should say their name until. Until things start changing. Like, we should be at Fonnie Willis's house. We should be at these places making sure that things are going our way and the fact that we aren't, it's just, it's just crazy. It's really crazy to me, but I know that I'm not going to wear myself out trying to do it by myself. And I'm not going to wear myself out trying to do it with five, 10 people either. So <laughs> I mean, now one thing about it is always going to be a strong minority that pushes the majority. If if the Tea Party didn't show you that, if trans people don't show you that, if these gay like it's always the small minority, you just have to be on code. Like but I that's know what it's I'm happening saying. because people Every, are saying too many things about reparations. It's now. five, ten, even if we got five, ten people, that minority, I guarantee you, four, three to four people out of that little group is not gonna be on code a hundred percent. Three to four. Because now you got too many of us that got too, too, we live different lives. You got somebody that got a job. You got somebody that got a family. You got too many people that got stuff to lose. And so, yeah, they'll be on code 60%. But that other 40% is that that liability. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's folks, like folks be trying to get the bag, man. It's, you know, it's always about the bag. It's like how not even realizing the bag is empty. The bag you trying to get is empty compared to the bag that's really out there. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you trying to chase a bag that is fucking empty. 
And it's you know it's it's more power in the people. That's like a true statement. It's like power to the people, and then they actually will sustain you. Like you actually can get more money from the people if you fuck with the people. Like when I say it, ooh, it grinds my gears. It just grinds my gears. Every gear that I got, it grinds it. Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't know, guys. I really don't know. But I know that I think about it often. Mm-hmm. I really think about it a lot. What can be done? What should be done? And it just really just kills me that we have so many black people in positions of power that on a day-to-day basis, just laugh at us (laughs) or laugh to themselves amongst us or laugh with people that are against us. Like I feel, I feel like we are the laughing stock of the world. Nah, I I, I feel like that's American. I feel like black people really ain't like, cause we coming together. I think that we were the lap, we were the laughing stock. And now we're getting more and more on code, and now we just there's just there's just has to be a real atonement. There just has to be a real conversation about reparations. I feel like you hang around a lot of people that are on code. Well, well I also and see your circle. Your circle is different. Well, I also force people to be on code too. Like I I I can notice when I first meet people, especially people that I'm being around, and then like within a year, I can hear their language. And it might just be around me. Who knows? Yeah, no, I can see that with people around me as well. Yeah, or yeah, because you're, you're that kind of person. When too. they are around me, they're on code. Now, when they get somewhere else, I don't know. But when they're around me, I expect you to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't babysit you. You know. Mm-hmm. So, in my eyes, I look at the shade room, for example, which is literally like CNN. The social, the CNN social media, like and, and they got shade room news now. So like it's like it, the shade room has turned into like a reliable, credible source. If it didn't happen on shade room, it didn't happen. Mm. But when you go to the shade room, you only see negative shit about black people. So if that's one of the most followed accounts for news and drama and media, that like. And that's the only thing that you're seeing. That shit is draining. Yeah, I went on uh, vacation this weekend, like not watching the news for four days. I really unplugged and I was like, damn, they really make it seem. I mean, yeah, people are dying every day, but like they, they make, make every it seem day is robbing, killing, shooting. By black this, people. This. They make it seem like that. Like, and so that's what I'm saying to the world. Yeah. I feel like we are the laughing stock just because one, while we drive the culture, influence the culture, mm-hmm. we also don't own the culture. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. And we allow so many people to the cookout that bring nothing. Well, uh, the issue was we never... Okay, so a good example. You said the Shade Room, right? Shade Room, World Star Hip Hop, Media Takeout. The main thing they all have in common is that they're negative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And... They're all supposed to be black owned, but these black people aren't from America. So it's like, that's the other part of it. 
just because somebody has black skin don't mean that they're black. Yeah. Don't mean they have our best interests at heart. And I'm not one of those like, oh, you know, go back to your country type person. But I'm definitely one of those, you know, if you're not from here, I'm going to pull your card because a lot of times, and, and I understand it. You might not even really understand what you're doing. You probably got indoctrinated coming over. Because yeah. my stepsister, she's yeah. in Japan right now teaching Japanese kids English, right? And she did a mm. presentation about the 4th of July and Juneteenth. And in her explanation of Juneteenth, I guess to keep it short and sweet because they're learning sentences, she tried to say that Juneteenth was 4th of July for black people in America. And I told her, I said, see, that's so wrong on so many levels. I was like, I understand um, the intent. I understand that you want to dumb it down. You want to make it digestible. Yeah, exactly. But maybe, you know, you shouldn't dumb it down or just you have to use their words. Right. Yeah. Let them know that Juneteenth represents freedom from for enslaved people in America. America practiced slavery. Right. Those are those are two simple sentences. But when you say America practiced slavery, if she's not on code, which I know my stepsister and I, and I love you, girl, you probably listening, but she's not she's not on code all the time. And a lot of times, it takes you to be bold sometimes to be on code. Yeah, and that's just what I want. I feel like CR, I'm asking for too much, but it's like not. I just want you. And that's a great. I'm so glad you you said that. Being on code means being bold mm-hmm. and being unapologetic about who you are, what's going on, where you're from, what you've been through every single day. Like, you don't get to veer off cold because you don't get to stop being black. Mm -hmm. Like, every single day you wake up, your skin is black. And so if every single day you wake up, your skin is black, that means every single day you have to be on cold because white people are going to white people every single time. And so if white people are going to be white, then at some point, black people got to start being black. Like, they got to start showing up for themselves. They got to start being on cold. They got to start asking questions in the meetings. So where are the black people at? Just like that. And stop being afraid of making people feel uncomfortable and living the life that you live every single day. We are so accustomed to just being uncomfortable that that's just the way that we live. Living in mediocrity. Living on what ifs and I wishes. No, what the fuck? That is absolutely insane to me. Mm. Being on cold is being bold. When you walk into a room and you don't see nobody like you, you ask questions. Like, I I just watched this, this white girl explain why white women flock to black men. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was on TikTok or something? It was on, I don't know, it was on... I think it was on Instagram, came from TikTok or something. But Mm. she was saying that white women want to have a sense of power. And because they don't have a sense of power with white men, they go to black men. And they can have that balance and that hierarchy. They can still have that sense of power because they know that because they're white, they're already superior than the black man. Yeah, but what, what black, what, 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 these ain't foundational black men, I tell you that. Oh, yeah, no. No, these are absolutely, these are foreigners. Right. Yeah. So I ain't even talking about the black men. Because, because you know what? DJ Academic said some real shit about foreigners and white people. He said, because he's from Jamaica. Mm. And he said that 
over there in his in the town in the little village that he was from that it was a thing like it was an event when a white person came into town like everybody would be talking about it there'd be chatters about it there would be like a celebration for like you just want to touch the white man and just to just to because it was like they just really believed the white person was that high up and and I think he was I forgot who he was talking to he was talking to somebody about like you know black people foundational black people and immigrants and, and I, I clicked for academics right then he said damn that's where it come from and the guy was like yeah like exactly where it come from like there's no reason for Africa to be majority black but you're letting Asians come in Indians white people come in hell it's it's three countries in Africa that France still prints their money for them like what the fuck like there's no reason for any of this it's way more y'all it's and so, so that's why I'm like I feel like black people are the laughing stock of the world because yeah, okay, every, now I see everybody takes advantage of us. Yes. yes everybody. Yes. It's not just, oh, the white people. It's the Asian people. It's the Chinese people. Or, I mean, I'm, yeah. it, it, it's everybody. The Spanish people. It is every other race, every other demographic that you could think of that there is hell the avatars at this point even take advantage of the black people yeah like so just imagine being a part of a race where we have so much potential so much black boy joy so much black girl magic so much creativity we have so much to offer and every single time it is ripped either ripped from our hands or taken from behind our backs or taken right in front of our eyes or not even taken it's given it's here. Oh, you nice. need help? Here. You want food? Oh, here. You had a disaster? Oh, here. Let's help. It's like, bro. <laughs> I, I just see some stuff about the um the farmers. You know, it's been this big thing for black farmers. To I did see something about that. And now it's being held up in court because a group of white farmers has sued the USDA saying that uh, basically this is reverse racism because this money was only allocated for them and this is like a reparations of some sort. And in my mind, I'm like, but yeah, what the fuck that's is wrong exactly, with That's exactly what it but is. But because they sued, now it's being, now you have to halt the whole process. So even if the lawsuit is thrown out, it's going to take a year or two. Mm-hmm. And within that year or two, how many black farms will sustain? But bringing it full circle. Where are our billionaires that are stepping in? That can step in. It's like and you got so up. much connect, so much plug. You got so we controlling the culture so much. But you and want to buy some farms? I mean, Bill Gates is buying a farm. Like it just it's like, bro. Like what? Like you can come to right now. All these Atlanta rappers can put money together and buy all these <laughs> filling farms in Georgia. Now Rick Ross might do because he's been buying them cows and. Bison but shit. it's just like, like yeah. it can't be just one though. Yeah, it has to be a group. I mean, it like I said, it that's why I hate when they talk money like that because I'm like, come on, it's not real money. Like, it's, it's not real money. It's, it's like what what can you really do with it? If you can't pull your money together, if all these rappers, if if ten of these rappers can't put up a hundred million, they say that like Ludacris says he's one of those big high earners. Ti is one of those big. He's like, I don't want to hear Tyler nothing Perry you is, got to say. Tyler Perry just bought up all that old Confederate base yeah. land. Can you go buy up some farms, please? 
Like it's like, like bro, black farms. That I way don't want to hear. No, we can have our own food. Maybe we can get our own grocery store going. You know what I'm saying? Like something that is going to truly last, like longevity. Not saying Tyler Perry Studios is not going to last because it absolutely is, but it's like. Something that's feeding the people, literally. Literally. Like, because... if it hits the fan, like... I don't think people realize. If y'all not from over here on the west side, or if you don't frequent over here, we live in a food desert. I guess there is a, I guess it is a food desert. Because, like, what's the closest grocery store? Like, we have Kroger. What, 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 the Kroger, right? Oh, down Metro? That all the way up off Cleveland. There's Kroger yeah. and there's a a Walmart right there. Yeah, but that's not that's not this area. But, you, you still got to drive. But yeah. where we are sitting currently, right here, there's yeah. no food. There's, there's no nothing. Food. There's not even a McDonald's. Like there's no there's a McDonald's at the top. Once you get to the top of Metropolitan, so it's like there's no <laughs> no nothing over here. And then when you head towards going down Cascade. There's still you got that Krispy Kremes right there. Yeah. There's still nothing. And like and a Taco Bell and a, and the Popeyes, but what are those places? What are those places? Because I don't eat there. Yeah. So now if I live here, this is where I'm from, and I don't eat McDonald's, I don't eat Popeyes, I don't eat Taco Bell, I don't eat Burger King, I don't eat fucking whatever the fuck else is over. So now what do I eat? Um. Like, whatever this new what's what's whatever this new thing on the belt line is that little what do they call it the terminus the terminal whatever, yeah the terminal you eat some of that food like it's just like that's a little overpriced but yeah thank you and so if I can't afford it then what then what exactly like make it make sense like it just it don't make sense it's at sad, all it's sad but but you know one thing that I truly believe in and you said it. Is I believe we shall in, overcome. We shall oh. overcome. I mean, we, no, <laughs> that's basically what it is. We shall, but we black people, you know, although we might also be the laughing stock, we're also like that laughing stock. Like when you laugh at the coolest person or the cutest person because you know you're not that. Like you're just trying to find it's something. out of spite. Yeah, I mean, spite it's, and jealousy. Exactly, because basically, is this the? It's like when Beyonce trips in, in concert. You know, Beyonce's the shit. But when she falls, you replay, replay, laugh, laugh, that's laugh. That's the laugh. only thing you that's can all, talk about. That's the only, yeah. that's all you can. So, yeah, right now, all you really can put on us was the slavery shit. Yeah, you got us. You fucked us up for a while. But since then, we've made some strides. And we keep making this. Now, it's like that documentary that was on Netflix. Like we keep getting to this tipping point, And the ball keeps rolling back. But we always get it back there. But I think because of where we're at now, this ball that I feel like they're trying to force it down. Yeah, and we're not. It's not it, rolling down freely. It's like it's being pushed. Get the fuck down, shit. And before we used to feel like, oh well, damn, maybe it's us. Maybe we're trying to push it, but it's rolling. Now we're like, oh no, it's really. It's a actually force. y'all. Oh damn, it's really a force. It's really all these people yeah, that said that it was a great. Us. That was a great analogy. So I think that you know it's gonna push because we're gonna push it. I mean, I have children. I know my children are going to be on code. They're going to push it. Their friends are going to... Like, every generation... Because with entitlement, also comes revolution. When you feel like you're supposed to be eating, when you feel like you're supposed to have clean water, yeah, when you feel like you're true. supposed to be able to have free rights with your body, when you feel like you're supposed to have money... Are you going to get it by any means? Exactly. 
And like, now everything's Nigga, gonna, what? You said, excuse me? So now oh, I'm standing okay. beside a white woman that wants to protect their body. I'm, I'm standing beside a white man who needs more money. And now you're standing lock on with black people who want reparations. Everybody out here wants something that we feel like we're entitled to and we deserve from this country that told us this is what they'll provide. We pay taxes. We pay. I just, I just heard that you got to pay tax. You have to pay a fee to not pay taxes when you leave the country. I did not know that. Like, if you leave the country, if you move to Zimbabwe right now, right, and you're making money in Zimbabwe, right? You still have to pay taxes. If you didn't fill out a form to, uh, what do they call it, dis-citizenship, uncitizenship, something, if you didn't pay that fee, which just went up, it was $450, now it's like $2,300, to do this, you got to send back taxes. Yeah, they because they, they're going to want to know what is in your foreign bank account. You don't have to report what's in your American bank account because they never ask you exactly the amount. But overseas, you do. I I just found this out because they were talking about it on this African channel. A uh, couple moved to Ghana and they're like, we about to move back. Uh, because One, because of the tax thing. Two, because they keep getting robbed. Like How the, do they keep the locals, getting robbed? The locals keep robbing them. Because they know they're not from there. You know, and, and that's wow. that's a whole that's a whole other pod, wow. but it's gonna be better. Woo, child. Okay, this was a great pod. This was a great episode. Um, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all so 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 much for tuning in. Yet again, another week, week after week, every Friday. Um, the Cool and Conscious podcast is being brought to you by Black Owned Black Run Company, Just Eldridge Media. We love you. We thank you. Make sure you follow me on social media at Questions with Cree. Follow the podcast at Cool and Conscious. Cool is with a Q, of course. And of course, just Eldridge Media. Thank you so much. Go out. Be cool. But most importantly, go out and be conscious. <laughs> Boldly, of course. Bye. <laughs>